Listeners, welcome to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined as always by my best good friends, Joe and Duff. Hey. Hello. Uh, All right. Minutes 113 through 116. This segment starts with Forrest on his run by himself. And by the end, (laughs) other people are running with him. (laughs) I cannot believe this is four minutes of running. Uh, It is four minutes of watching a man run. So something snaps in Forrest's brain. (laughs) And if you look at him on the porch, like, and you don't know what's about to happen. It could have. It could have gone real bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is wild because I mean, we when we cut this into four minute segments, it literally is just four minute segments. There's no, there's there's no like, oh, well, let's let's end this part now and this part now. This literally begins with him, like the the shot of his shoes moving up to him, and then you're right, he just takes off, and we are now entering the. The nadir of this movie. This is the stupidest part of this movie, in my opinion. I, I, I but keep, it looks real good. <laughs> it, it looks great. I keep going back to, there's been a couple times where we've talked about parts this movie could have ended. One with, um, you know, if you sort of wanted to end on the Lieutenant Dan storyline in the water. And the other one, if when Jenny just coming back. And more and more, I'm like, man, why didn't they do that? <laughs> why didn't they end it then? Because we have this. So he starts running. I want to say this before we, we get into running. Uh, Forrest is on a rocking chair. I am all... I Is anyone anti-rocking chair? I love rocking chairs. I can't imagine being anti-rocking chair. It seems to be wild to not like them. I, as a kid, I had... Uh, my 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 parents had a rocking chair in our house, and I would sit in front of the TV, and I would rock, and I would kind of tuck one leg underneath the other leg, and then the leg that was out would be sort of what kept my momentum going, that kind of like flinged it up and down, and I would rock and rock while watching TV, and the chair would get closer and closer to the TV, and I'd have to get up and then move the TV back, I mean not the TV, move the rocking chair back and go back on the chair because the chair would like kind of slide across <laughs> the floor. You just had so much boundless energy yeah. that that was how you used it up. Yeah, I just uh, that's and even before that, when I was younger, we I had a a rocking horse. Remember those things? I never had one, but I'm um, I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah, I don't think kids get rocking horses anymore. Uh, I would guess not. Um, but I not, had not one. not when you can go ride that an- animatronic horse outside the Piggly Wiggly or whatever. <laughs> what? The the horse? Oh, you- the ones you okay? Yeah. Um, put no, the cor- I had put the quarter in and calliope music plays. And I, I had, I had one as a kid and the same sort of thing before I moved, before I graduated to the rocking chair, I would use the rocking horse and it would slide as well. <laughs> and we had like a picture window in the, in our, like our, I don't know if it's a picture window, but like a bigger window in the house. And, uh, neighbors, some, some neighbor finally says something to like my mom or my dad, like, what is your son doing? Because we can see his head bobbing up and down, <laughs> like in the window, and it slowly would move across the window as the as the horse got closer. And then the same thing, I would get out and pull it back, and then start over again. Even by 
uh, child standards. You just had boundless energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, but Forrest starts running here. Joe, a couple of questions for you. One, thoughts on his running apparel? Uh, they get progressively better as it goes along. It's but, true. Uh, yeah, it seems uncomfortable, but I think that's the point. Uh, yeah, what? a but a button up shirt. Uh, I'm no runner. Uh, <laughs> I I have jogged at best, uh, but a button up shirt uh, with the top button done does not seem like a great choice with khakis. Before we move on, I just want to say that my stance on running comes from another Robert Zemeckis movie, and that is Back to the Future Part Three, when Doc Brown is supposedly drunk and telling everyone about the future and automobiles and someone asks him well if in the future if everyone has an automobile don't they walk or run and he says of course they do but for recreation or sport he says run for fun what the hell kind of fun is that i'm i'm with you on that i i've i i've a few times in my life dabbled into running and i can never get past the point of just hating it the whole time now I heard runner's high is a thing. Is that true, Joe? Yeah, it doesn't have to come from running, but yeah, there's a endorphin rushing get after a tough workout. Definitely. The weightlifting can accomplish the same thing. Oh, so it's just any workout. Okay, but it's generally well, called not like just any work, but yeah, but something. something it has to be strange. somewhat intense, doesn't it? Or- yeah, because you're a runner. Do you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, I love it. Like the whole time? Yeah. Man. Except when it sucks. <laughs> Okay. See, I mean, I, no, no athlete feels uh, not that I'm calling myself an athlete, but no one feels great every time they work out. I mean, you have bad days for sure. So I dabbled in jogging. God, it must be like ten, fifteen years ago. And from step one to whatever the last step was, just hated it yeah. every every step, yeah, every day. I'm- yeah, the only good thing I can say about running is it never got worse for me the longer I ran. So, like, if I went for a mile-and-a-half run or a five-mile run, it was as bad and miserable at the half at the one-and-a-half-mile mark as it would be at the five-mile mark for me. Like, it, didn't, it wasn't worse. I just never liked it. Well, that's something. So, I can run farther. It's not a big deal. I just won't enjoy it. Um, anyways... Forrest here, we kind of know the date, guys, of when this happened because we hear about a, a, another presidential news event while yeah. he's ro- rounding through town. I got a thing or two to say about that. And this is uh, President Carter suffers heat exhaustion. So this is October 1st, 1979. What do you guys know about this event? So he he was running too? Yeah, he was running in a race. And it it my best guess from reading it is that it was a 10k because it was a, it was a more than six mile race mm, okay so i i read this it, it looks like it's a it's a column by a man named coleman mccarthy who is a anarchist and a pacifist and someone <laughs> i normally would be probably sympathetic to and i i get him being critical of jimmy carter because if i was alive in 1970 shoot what year was it again 79. 79 i i would have hated jimmy carter too um for not from the right to be clear mm-hmm. uh but he 
he is so mean and unfair in the Washington Post column. <laughs> like, so Jimmy Carter was uh, 54 at the time. He would have been days away, I think, or weeks away from turning 55. I believe his birthday is in early October. Uh, and he talks about how, like, he, 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 like, credits his mile pace and just all this stuff. He's, he's basically saying, like, everything Jimmy Carter does as a recreational runner is totally fine and everybody can have a bad day. But he quotes his time as saying, like, the president was running at 845 a mile, respectable, but considerably slower than the 730 pace he said he usually runs per mile. It it's such an unbelievably mean article about Jimmy Carter, who, by the way, as listeners might know, still alive. Yeah. So, well, and, he's out uh, there building houses. No, I know, I know. I, we just don't know when this is going to get released. I'm always afraid oh. to say those things. Oh True. shoot. Yeah, I guess. But it, it is it is so refreshing to see what I read this at the time, and I thought like, well, Jimmy Carter was like unbelievably piled upon from the right uh, during his one-term presidency and to see someone who it seems like was critiquing him from the left to be so mean to him and in a mainstream paper like the Washington Post is so beautiful and refreshing but unfortunately (laughs) like largely misguided and unfair because this guy it seems to me like basically at the age of 54 while he's president he got back into running a few months before this Decided to run this race, which again seems to be a 10k. Which is it a marathon? No, is that a long race? Yes, that's 6.4 miles. I mean, or excuse me, 6.2 miles. Uh, that's that's not easy. No, I've only more than I've done. And I've it done might be a long, it might be longer than that. I never from this article didn't get a, a good uh, it was read six, on how long it, it was, was six miles, so it was probably, yeah, it was probably a 10k. Okay, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, and they might have not even done races by K's back back then, but it's just like so. It's so mean. <laughs> also, like, how active was Gerald Ford, his predecessor? Well, and yeah, then, that's and then his name. successor was his 75. successor had a brain that looked like a, a kitchen sponge, <laughs> and then uh, the guy after that choked on a pretzel or whatever, right? I mean, yeah, yeah the Republican uh, Republican presidents haven't been the picture of athletic health. Yeah, so it, it just it's such an interesting like way things have changed, like what you can get into a mainstream newspaper like the Washington Post, because like something like this could never get published today, even about a, a president as like divisive as President Trump. They would never let someone come in and just dig on a guy for his mile pace being slow. <laughs> like people at this point would just be amazed that a 55 year old guy would run a 10K period because we're so deferential to the executive branch right well also it's interesting because if like i, I always knew like i always knew like the, the headline essentially right that that um carter suffered heat exhaustion but i had no idea it was because he was running a race i just assumed <laughs> it was like he was outdoors walking to you know the helicopter he got, he yeah or like like when uh hillary clinton like like almost fainted during that 9-11 memorial or something and that was he got the that, that's the most recent one that i can think of, of that people uh, went crazy about that yeah, too, yeah. Though. no yeah that's the most recent one i can think of that was a news story about a presidential candidate or president yeah yeah didn't and, uh, uh yeah. didn't Reagan... <laughs> he was he was he was past the third mile he was between the third and fourth mile of the race 
I, I have run an 8K, and I tell you what, I was not 845 a minute. Yeah, I was I, way more than that, and, and uh, he was in his mid fifties when he I did know. That. <laughs> yeah, and then and then what? Well, the reason I the whole reason I kind of dug into this is because it's so funny because this was nineteen seventy nine, and it is now twenty twenty at the time of this recording, and 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 he may he may have passed between now and when this was released, but he's still alive and he's still a mobile, cognitively sharp human being. And it's just yeah. very funny that 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 someone tried to drag him as being feeble, you know. And the, and 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 how is that post columnist doing? He's still way? alive. I looked it up. Yeah, oh, Colin okay. McCarthy. Yeah, he's still yeah, he's alive. 82. But but yeah, he. Uh, and again, like I said, it seems like he was someone who is like uh, going after him from the left, which is is refreshing. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's. I thought that was really, really fascinating. But yeah, mostly what I was excited to talk about for this episode was the music because I have some takes. So we can move move on. Yeah, I uh, Duff, why don't you do two songs, and then I have some fun trivia for us, and then we'll do two more songs. Okay, so I mean, we'll go in order. So, uh, like you said, this is Robert Zemeckis flipping through his iPad or whatever. He, 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 before Google even existed, he Googled songs that had the word running in it yeah yeah songs that exactly describe what's going on oh so lazy god watch but, this scene uh, again it's so lazy but i'm gonna preface this with a but but then i'll let rob or uh, duff finish yeah so it's at least an interesting mix of songs compared to the doorsorama stuff we've been having so we start off uh Running, running, running on empty by Jackson Brown. Masterpiece. I love this song. I love Jackson Brown. I love this song. And I will. 1977 album, the same name, released as a single in 78, went to number 11. Uh, I I love this song. I don't know. I don't know if it's the greatest song in this movie, but it's my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite, too. And I, I think if you were going to come up with like a. An album of songs that like typify what it feels to be an American, like what America is. And I, I'm hardly the most patriotic person in the world, but like what it feels like to be here and live here and in America in its most romantic sense. I think the song might is, should be on your short list of songs to think about. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Brown is tops. He's great. He had a, really great run in the 70s uh he did he was inconsistent in the 80s but he had some as really almost pop all of them were <laughs> he had some really good pop songs and then he did some really political stuff that doesn't always work musically but it's interesting because he's always been uh i don't know what you want to call it leftist democrat progressive whatever like he's and he's done a lot of uh He's done a lot of cause work. He was involved in that No Nukes concert. I think he was one of the f- founders. Yeah. So he was big in the anti-nuclear weapon power movement in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, he's been involved with uh, Amnesty International. Um, he's just, uh, I think he's done some work in Haiti since that earthquake in 2009, rebuilding. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, really cool guy, All all things considered. Love Jackson Brown. Me too. I've listened to his first album. That's all. That's my Jackson Brown 
knowledge. So the thing is, like, I don't think he has a lot of great albums. Like he the fir- like the I think anything in the seventies is bound to have some great songs on it and might be a great album, but um I do think you get a pretty good there's a really good two disc uh greatest hits. He, he's one ago. of the he let's we I think we could agree. He's a one of the great American songwriters and he produced a lot of great stuff that either he performed himself or that other bands that yeah. uh took and made huge hits like yeah. Warren Zevon oh he, or yeah he Eagles. discovered Warren Zevon and got him a record deal yeah and our and and uh also yeah the Kim and Glenn Frey had a he he just collaborated with a lot of people who were I, I won't say Warren Zevon I like as well so he's not beneath him but the Eagles absolutely are beneath him and, <laughs> but he gave them one of their biggest hits or co-wrote one of their biggest hits yeah, take it easy, which is the yeah. best Eagle song in my opinion. Yeah, that, that that's that's a feather in his cap. That the best Eagle yeah. song is partly Jackson Brown, and I, yeah, the Run on Empty is not just a great song, but also, despite how obvious it is, a great running song. Like the beat is perfect for going out for a jog. Yep. yep. Uh, well, as of recording, he has coronavirus, so I hope he's doing okay. I think he's okay. Really? Now. I didn't even yeah. know that. I yeah. I. Yeah, supposedly I think he has an album coming out this year, which would be 2020. So he's still around, still kicking. Oh, um, I hope that's still the case in like four months when we release this episode. Uh, one interesting thing is that this is from an album. It's a live album, but all the songs were fresh. So they were recording them for the first time. So like... This is a this is a live recording of Running yeah. on Empty. Yeah, they recorded he recorded it while he was on tour and they just yeah. like whenever they had a chance either they're either live stuff on stage or they're recording in hotel rooms and stuff. It's kind of neat. It's uh, it's just interesting take. to think of because when usually when it's a live album, you know, it's the established songs and you can hear the crowd goes nuts and they feed off the energy. But this is like when you go see like, you know, not the same thing, but it's like if you go see a, a band who's been around a while, it's like, "Here's one off our new album." And it was like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> I I do not like live albums. Uh, I can and I can't. I, I don't have a definitive opinion one way or another. There are some I like and some I don't, and I don't know what the trick is. Like, I just give me the studio. Give me the studio version. I mean, I like them if they mix them up, like if the songs sound different than on the album. Oh, OK. I see what you're um, saying. Sure, that's interesting, but I'd still rather have the studio version. So if we're doing one more song, um, so you know it's a song by uh, a woman and a minority woman at that because it's buried underneath the dialogue mix and you can't really, this is a not a very audible song, but it's uh, I've Got to Use My Imagination by Gladys Knight and the Pips, mm-hmm. which I had kind of either forgotten or not realized is in this movie. Um, so it's from the 1973 Imagination album. Uh, and in case you're wondering, yes, that is the album with uh, Midnight Train to Georgia. I will say one thing in defense of the soundtrack for this movie. When I was 11 years old and listened to the soundtrack, it was the introduction to many of these artists for me. Yeah. So it does it does serve as a like and honestly, I bet you if 
push comes to shove, in a lot of ways, is everything Zemeckis does, at least during this period, does seem to be pointed to a 12-year-old. Very, yeah, very literal. Um, I think I would like the soundtrack more with less doors, but <laughs> that is a good point. It's kind of like the big chill where it's a good overview. Yeah, I mean it is it you know and like like I said I I, I listened to this a lot when I was when I was like eleven and twelve and um that's that's you know they talk about like the Peter Pan idea in film about like aim it towards twelve year old boys and that's how you yep. get people to show up um, Zemeckis to me is that filmmaker for the most part I mean every you know that seems to be what he's he does best so. He is- it, I believe, and he's said this himself, that he thinks of his filmmaking as McDonald's, and that mm-hmm. you know what you're going to get. I, I also, even in the on the commentary at one point, he mentions how um, he doesn't like, like his idea is that when you're watching a movie of his, you shouldn't notice shots. Like, so so like he doesn't like the idea of when you're watching a movie and you're like, oh, that's a really beautiful shot. Because he feels like it takes you out of the idea and it reminds you, oh, there's a director who did this. Yeah, well, that's, that that was interesting. Um, the one before you go to two other songs, you got trivia. I, I, yeah, have you guys ever heard of Rob Pope? Hmm. Rob Pope. Well, let me tell you about Rob Pope. A couple years ago, Rob Pope is a guy who decided to run. 15,300 miles across the U.S. over 420 oh. days. So I knew that someone actually did this. Yep, this is this guy. Uh, he ate 6,000 calories a day and ran about four, 40 miles a day pushing a cart with his stuff in it. Uh, and he said a lot of times people would often give him places to stay. And he went to, like, all the locales. He grew a beard out. When he started the run, he started in, like, Mobile, Alabama with, like, um, what year was this? Like 2018, not very okay. long ago. Um, I mean, I guess he would have started it before that, but yeah, I think that's when he finished up the whole thing. But since uh, Forrest Gump, oh yeah, well after he raised thirty thousand dollars for Peace Direct and the World Wildlife Fund, which mm-hmm. part of me is like cool, but part of me is like I don't know, that's a lot to just get thirty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of running. You spent over a uh, year? I did. Yeah, it was. I was expecting like, you know, oh, and a corporate sponsor tossed in 10 million or something. Yeah, it's like, cool. Um, the best part, I think this is the best part about this guy. Dude's from Liverpool. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I don't know. I find that fascinating. Duff, uh, you have two more songs. Yes. So now we are deep into Yacht Rock territory. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So we have It Keeps You Running by the Doobie Brothers. Uh, so the intro to this song is ridiculous. I think I think we're all in agreement on that, right? I, I think the Doobie Brothers are ugh. My take is I agree with Parliament. If you guys want to hear what Parliament thought of them, sure. Please. So the lyrics from Parliament, uh, the song is P Funk wants to get wants to get funked up. <laughs> and thank you to a friend of the show Meeks for uh, cluing me into this. Uh, 
here's the verse. Well, all right. Hey, I was digging on y'all funk for a while. Sounds like it got a three on it through to me. Then I was down south and I heard some funk with some main ingredients like Doobie Brothers, Blue Magic, David Bowie. It was cool, but can you imagine Doobie in your funk? We funk. We funk. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, Parliament. And you're right. Uh, this Doobie Brothers song is one of the lamest, whitest songs I've ever heard in my life. It is. And here's where it gets confusing to me because I don't know if I like this song or if I'm just so ironically amused by it that some weird synapse is activating in my brain. It earworms. I will say it earworms. Like, it keeps you running. <laughs> will no, like, ring we'll through my ears after hearing that song. To, I am very impressed that the Doobie Brothers were writing Nintendo music about 10 years before Paul <laughs> <all> Nintendo. <laughs> But the intro. Well, to... you should probably. Do... We haven't really said what the name of the song is or anything. Yet. It um, keeps you running. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> the intro to the song, if you listeners, it sounds like music from Mega Man. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's it horrible. It's so bizarrely bad that I don't. I I think I might go full circle and come around and like it. I I just. I'm having a stroke right now. I... It's it's one of the all time worst like band names ever. Doobie Brothers, stupid. Hate uh, on the end. I will I, I will say that the Doobie Brothers had one guy who with one of the best names nicknames Jeff Skunk Baxter. <laughs> Skunk. <laughs> Is it how many brothers are in the Doobie Brothers? I don't Is it even. Just two? I don't know. I, Are honestly, they brothers? I don't know, and I don't care. Honestly, I don't know much about the Doobie Brothers. I don't ex- want to know. Except it keeps you searching. All right, let's let's guess. Where <laughs> so, are they? Where are the Doobie Brothers from? Do, do I already know. The, oh, you know. Uh, yeah, shoot. Is it California? Yeah, California. So well, I will nor, say. Nor, well, NorCal or SoCal? I don't know. Uh, uh, I, San Jose, California. So. I bet it would be really you funny. You don't if, know where if, San Jose is. I, I don't know where the north and south division happens in California. I bet it. I think San it'd be Jose really funny if north. they were from <laughs> like the rich Napa Valley region of California. Yeah, San Jose is close to that. Yeah. Um, um there's kind of two eras of Doobie Brothers, so some sound radically different. And I'll say that the first era, I think China Grove is a good song. It's not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I actually, I actually don't know what that song is. I'm just guessing. You, I guarantee you, if you've ever listened to a classic rock station for more than I'm sure 10 I've minutes, it, yeah. you know China Grove. But, but then, yeah, yeah. For, for the record, San Jose is uh, like Sil- like Silicon Valley, California. It's North Northern California, Rob. Yeah. I, I It's at the I end knew. of the bay. So if you took that bay all the way down to the end of it, it's in the southeast, that's where San Jose is. See, I knew it was by so- San Francisco and south of it, but I didn't know how far south and at when the cutoff happens. It's, it's That's very far north, but okay. okay. So, yeah, this song is – it is a song <laughs> in the technical right. sense of the word. And then now we got the Mac, right? Now – Get out your 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 mirrors and your lines and your rolled up dollar bills because it's a Mac attack. Uh, Another lazy song. It's like it's is. Are there any songs about going places? Yeah, that we can put in the soundtrack. (laughs) Uh, Go your own way, Fleetwood Mac from 1977's Rumors. 
Uh, I it's the lead single from Rumors, so it was actually released in late 1976. Before and it, and it really is in this movie entirely because it's about a person going a place. Yes, because the actual song has nothing to do with what we're looking at. Although it, it is, was, I guess it's a breakup song, so I suppose it kind of okay. It, uh, maybe I'm being unfair. If if For Forrest is the Lindsey Buckingham and Jenny is the Stevie Nicks. <laughs> But yeah, this is a... Except Forrest Gump is faultless in uh, why she doesn't like him. <laughs> and in Forrest, the Max story, it's not quite that simple. Forrest has not been up for four days straight on a Coke bender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, guys, this is a good song. I, I will good, say, yeah, good album. it is... It, absolutely. It is an album, and to me, it's an album and song that should be... That, that is overplayed and I should dislike and neither is true. I, I should be sick to death of Rumors, but it's still great. Yep. I, this is actually the only song on Rumors that I just don't care to listen to anymore. So Go it has been way. ruined. Yeah, the, the, but every other song on it is still fine for me. They they definitely got their money's worth on this song. Yeah. Because it's it, been... Licensed to death, yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean Fleetwood Mac. I don't know if it's them or the or or the label, but they're all in for licensing their songs. They they're all in for that buck. Yeah, it's probably both, but yeah, I, they don't say no a lot. I don't think they've ever said. That we could probably get them to be the intro music for this podcast. If if well, you uh... all right, I'd like to see you try that actually, and I'd like you to record the phone call. <laughs> if uh, we gave me enough, I'm sure we could. Hello, is this Stevie Nicks? <laughs> Hey, Steve E. Uh, my name is Rob. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, and I was wondering if uh, we could get Gold Dust Woman as our song. Can we use Tusk as our outro? <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah, the song owns, and uh, I will say also, I'm trying to be positive. Um, they do go from one song to another. They mix it pretty well in this run. I mean, yeah, it's from a sound design editing perspective, it is done very well. Yeah, and you don't really even notice like how we like a new song is now playing. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, so I think you're right. You know, whoever got the job of putting all that together did a did a, a, a damn fine job. Good of it. job, sound engineers, sound um, editors, whoever. I I also want to point out that I've thought this. Uh, the entire time since I saw this movie, there's a scene in this where he runs by a dairy farm in the fall. I've always assumed that's Wisconsin. That's just since I was a kid. That's my assumption, and I'm just sticking with it. Well, let's call that canon. He runs through Wisconsin, um, probably through the Dells. Joe, can I ask you guys a question? Uh huh. If you if money and family weren't and relationships weren't an object and you just got to do some kind of like eccentric thing like running across the country, what would your eccentric project be that you could devote all your time to because you don't have to worry about money or other people? Huh. And don't say a minute by minute podcast. <laughs> I would I would I would pay for someone to drive me around on a yacht across the world. So you'd just go everywhere. just um, like uh, Rob sail, Magellan, Magellan style. Sail the seven I, seas. I was thinking more more uh, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, but I mean Magellan of the sand. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, Mag- so you're like, like a Magellan. You know, so like a Magellan who parties. 
yeah, money wouldn't help me with women. <laughs> I, I don't think you know as much about money as you should then. Because <laughs> Magellan, Magellan the Gamer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we just make sure... I'd like to recreate Magellan's route, but let's stay where we can get a high-speed stream from the satellites. <laughs> I will need an uplink for my podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I, you'd like, like to sail around the world. Yeah, but I don't want any of the work to do it. I want someone else to sail me around. I just so want to like. So you have just a... want to be the captain who just like prances around like Captain yeah. Hook and just yeah, drink rum. Hat drink, and, uh, drink rum. Yep, and just drink and have someone make me food there and just hang out on a boat all the time. So you just want to see the world from from a yacht. Yeah, without any effort or work or airports or anything. <laughs> watch out! Watch out for sea monsters. All right. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. I that's probably actually the same thing I would do. Yeah. All right, Duff, what about you? Uh mine would also involve travel. I think what I would do though is uh every state has at least one like weird roadside thing. Like yeah. like, like you uh, do like a Route 66 thing? Like uh like Minnesota, there's like the giant twine ball. Uh, Wisconsin has House on the Rock and mm-hmm. so forth. <laughs> the, I've still never been there. And oh, I would really like it's to. A five star uh, experience. I I just want to go to every state and do their weird. I'm not talking about like the tourist trap where it's like a billboard. I'm talking about like the authentic weird. Although sometimes it's the same thing. Yeah, there's overlap, but I'm just saying like the the weirdness factor. Like, so you could like that's you that's a that's an achievable goal. I, Theoretically, well, yeah. every state that's pretty tough. I mean, I'd have to make it yeah. to like Alaska and Hawaii and whatnot. Um, uh, just other things like I know, I think it's it's either Tennessee or Kentucky where they recreate the Scopes Monkey Trial every year. Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, uh, um, I'd go. Have oh, you seen? Have you seen the? Have you guys seen the movie Inherit the Wind? Yes, it's great. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can we all agree that's one people should check out? I like. Yes. It. That is a great movie. I love that. Um, uh, related yeah, r- weird roadside attraction. Oh, the the Creation Museum. Those, <laughs> the the didn't they like build uh, Noah's Ark somewhere? Or something? Yeah, is that the Creation Museum? Yes. Uh, well, given so. this is no, America, they might be two separate projects. <laughs> uh, related to that, what I would do if I uh, like maybe an achievable thing. I've I've gotten a few of them. Is all national parks. Yeah, that's a good one. I I don't think anything brings me as much joy as a national park yeah, for they're great. travel. And we live pretty much farthest from all <laughs> national parks. <laughs> well, yeah, mm, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't it'd be hard it'd be hard to find a spot in the US that is farther away from national parks I think than Wisconsin. Which is weird because we live in a genuinely beautiful state. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. Yeah, there are not really National parks, but our state parks. Yeah, state parks are great. But national parks um, is the closest you know, one. The Badlands. That was going to be my it's guess. Either Badlands or like Mammoth Cave. Anyways, national parks are awesome. Visit those and watch and hair at the wind and be a better person. And donate to our Patreon, <laughs> yeah. so we can go to them. <laughs> yeah, well, if we get enough money, we'll uh we'll combine stuff we'll do the tombstone tour even though i wasn't involved in that and then uh <laughs> yeah go. dude we should we, sh- we should still go there people still ask us about doing the wide herp episode by the way and we should probably give the people what they want yeah people ask people ask for things 
that's that's you said a word and a sentence it didn't mean anything but they, okay they, they they do it though um my one comment one last comment on this is um uh, i think i mentioned this before but i think a lot of these long shots are not of tom hanks but rather his brother yeah well i mean are you saying that because you know of that because I know that, and yeah. because Tom Hanks is on the Duff and Rob chain of not liking running. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, it's about location, too. Like, why fly Tom Hanks out to Maine yeah. or wherever that lighthouse shot was? I'm yeah. sure that the second unit got maybe all, but most of these. I do know uh, from the commentary, as Mecca said, this whole sequence was the biggest pain to do because there's so many sets and so many locations, and scheduling it and figuring out where Forrest's hair is at and what his clothes should look like. Uh, they said he had like a huge like document that would have all this so they would know like, all right, what's his hair like on this one? What clothes is he wearing? What what do we need to do? And it was just a like a, a production pain. Can all right, maybe we should save this for the next episode. So can I give a little teaser? Sure. sure. All right. How about for the next episode and hopefully one of the three of us remembers to do it because I don't know if I will. <laughs> uh we should talk about the most pathetic we thing we did after a breakup. Because mm. like this, because that's what this is all about, right? You know, yeah. uh, this is a this is grieving. <laughs> yeah, you so, guys could think that think that through for next time. All right. Um, although bef- before we close out, I did want to comment that uh, we begin to s- we get the beginnings of Forrest as a cult leader, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. People start showing up and running behind them. Well, maybe this can be next time as well because there's just more stupid running. But, we have more running. We yeah, should save it. But maybe we can get into the golden age. We know this is still the golden age of serial killers, but we've never really examined how this is also the golden age of cults. Mm. Next time on Forrest Gump. <laughs> Breakups, cults, and serial killers. <laughs> well, that's... That, isn't that basically 90% of podcasts? Yeah, <laughs> That's true. So. That's true. Yeah. We'll have it. Uh, anything else, guys, on minutes 113 through 116? That is all I have to say about that. I also have no more to say. All right, listeners. ForrestGutMinute.com. We have a Patreon at Patreon.com slash The Midnight Boys. We'll be back next week. Happy the days while I'm Till once more they ride high out to sea.